Blog Talk Radio. Kiss a list and the last word. 
So sit back, relax, get your favorite cocktail, and we'll be back with the hot topic. Looking for a new cocktail to serve at your next dinner party? Trying to figure out what pairs well with your main entree? Then you need to visit the Cocktail of the Week archives at apajamaparty.com. We've got a list of all the cocktails we've featured on previous Pajama Party shows with recipes and pictures of the drinks. And believe me, we've had some good ones. And while you're on the website, visit the archives for previous shows. Just click on any date, and you can hear the shows again and again. We've got you covered at apajamaparty.com. And tell a friend. They'll thank you. All right, welcome back to the Jam Party. I'm one of your hosts, uh, Papa Dino, I'm your kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir. Oh, goodness. I'll drink to that. Okay. <laughs> All right, we wanted to have a couple cocktails on this one. This is a kind of an interesting story here. In Tallahassee, Florida, a slave cemetery they found on the golf course. The rumors swirled for decades as a dark history long laid buried under the grassy knolls. Sounds familiar, grassy knolls. Uh, and manicured lawns of a country club in Florida's capital city. Over the years, neat rows of rectangular depressions along the 7th uh, fairway deepened in the grass. Like I said, we're trying to figure out what's going on. Um, confirmed this month that um, in sunken graves of the slaves who lived and died on a, plata- a plantation that once sprawled with cotton near the Florida capital. The discovery of 40 graves um, was a, a, a small discussion about how to honor those who lie on the rest of the golf course. That's interesting. Um, hmm, this is the Deep South, Tallahassee, Florida. Tallahassee. Yep. So... Um, it goes on to say, um, they deserve much better than this, said um, Hollinger, who's 26, who was leading a push to memorialize the rediscovered burial ground. And they deserve much better than that occurred in that era. It says, wood markers uh, that had identified the graves had long since decayed. For years, golfers have unknowingly trotted through the cemetery. They didn't know what it was. Yeah. Um Leon County was the center of Florida's plantation economy during the um, Civil War, before the Civil War, and had the state's highest concentration of slaves. So I guess they started putting two and two together. Um, A Florida state task force two decades ago estimated that there could be as many as 1,500 unmarked and abandoned slave or African-American cemeteries across the state. Some Florida lawmakers want to establish a new task force to address the matter. That's interesting. That's good. So they're going to try to do the right thing. That's what it sounds like in honor of these, you know, these graves. But since the golf course is there, I guess my my assumption is they're going to dig up the graves and move them somewhere else, you know, set up on this golf course. Yeah, I doubt they're going to move the golf course. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hmm. Interesting. Well, if it's 40... 
It's probably more. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Hmm. So, yeah, they, they, they're they going to find more. It said about 1,500. Oh, my goodness. Could be many as 1,500 and abandoned slaves on African-American cemeteries across, all across the state, I see. <clears throat> That's a lot. But, you know, when, when people buy these properties and lands, they don't tell you what was previously on there, you know. I'm not going to tell you it's a grave site. You're not going to buy it. Right. So, you know, what do you think they should do, Papa? You know, at some point, you know, they had another situation. Um, something similar to that? Yeah, there was something similar to that as well. Mm-hmm. But In when, Florida or somewhere else? No, this was in, um, in Tulsa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where they had the... Um, Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street. Mm-hmm. They found that situation. They found an area that they it, the irrigation showed there was open plot of land that could have you know bodies underneath it. But at this point, all you can do is really build a memorial, you know, because once you start trying to excavate and try to find this and find that, people just gotta put their hopes and everything right. in that particular grave site and let it be, because mm. you know there's no need in bringing up. Um, Viciousness has already happened, and uh, you know it just goes to show where the world is today and where where the world was back then. People are still that way; it's just undercover. But uh, wow, yeah, but I never, I don't recommend anybody dig and pull things up and try to bury it somewhere else and all that because it's not that simple. Right. Irrigation underground is just vicious. Even if you look underneath off the ground of, of a cemetery, period. There, there's nothing there. Everything is just moves around. The casket you laid down 20 years ago and put a tombstone on top of you think that casket is laying underneath that same earth. The earth moves. The earth mm-hmm. gets wet. The earth gets soiled and stuff. But that casket would be way over there somewhere. You know. Yeah, that's You'd true. You'd be surprised. I mean, but that's that's a good point. Just honor the, those people and put either some plaques or, you know, some stuff up there and say, mm-hmm. you know, you know how they have those tombstones and then they have the plaque on, on the tombstone and say who used to lie here and keep moving, like you said. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It wouldn't make no sense to just start doing all that crazy digging and, you know. Mm-hmm. Nope, because you had to figure out who's who and find the relatives mm-hmm. and, you know, it's just, that's just too mm-hmm. much. They don't have the money to do anything. I'm curious about how they would identify people, you know, because now at least you can identify people by dental records. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, but if the teeth hadn't decayed, I guess, I'm not sure. I I mean, we're talking slaves. Do you think they actually maintained dental records like that to be able to identify, you know, who's in which grave anyway? Yeah, that's true. But I wish them well interesting to see what's going to happen. But at least they mentioned a task force that they want to pull together and, and figure out well, what we're going to do next, you know. So at least okay. they're saying that instead of just saying, oh, just, you know, tee off and let's, you know, not yeah. think twice about it. So, but That's, that's true. Yeah. Uh, well, it would be interesting to see what the task force comes back with. That's true. Because they'll probably come to the same conclusion that Papa Didi just came to. Uh-huh. They'll spend time, spend money, mm-hmm. examining, researching, doing all of that, mm-hmm. only to come to that conclusion. Right. So. Uh-huh. All right. Well, let's talk about 
the decade of policing black lives. And I'm sure we all recall various stories throughout this decade about things with people doing this, doing that, while being black. Mm -hmm. um, this particular article talks about the decade between 2010 and, well, not 2020 yet, so I'll say 2010 and 2019, was a clarifying decade in terms of the United States of America's expectations for black people. So taken all together, if, if uh, black people were to avoid all the activities that white people now tell us to avoid for our own safety, the resulting condition would likely and coincidentally or not look a lot like slavery. We would be incapable of walking in our own neighborhoods, sitting in our own homes, caring for our own children, swimming, sitting in a classroom, playing with our toys, shopping, working as a police informant, selling things, playing video games, running, or driving. Because these are all the types of things that we ran into problems with white people during this decade while doing. Oh, my You know, sitting in your car, white person call the cops. You're yeah. trying to shop, white person call the cops. You're having a picnic, white person call the cops. Isn't that crazy? You're going in your apartment building, white person call the cops. You know, it's like, come on, y'all. So. They're going to try to get us while we're sleeping, too, right? Yeah, sleeping while black can't do that either, you know, according to them. So, of course, you know, the news coverage looked into a lot of stuff, and there were a lot of different stories, and we're just going to highlight a few of those that happened. So let's go back to 2012, 17-year-old Trayvon Martin walking through his neighborhood when he was stalked and killed by George Zimmerman, a neighborhood so-called watchman with no legal authority. Zimmerman was later acquitted during the murder trial, and, you know, just walked away from the whole thing, not guilty. Then you had, in 2014, 12-year-old Tamir Rice carrying a toy gun shot and killed by Cleveland police officer Timothy Lohman. Mm -hmm. Now, Lohman shot Rice within seconds of getting out of his vehicle, but no charges were brought against him. Because mm -hmm. they say claim everything was justified. Yeah. Because the boy had a toy gun. Actually. Exactly. Yeah. But he was a child. But he says, you know, the officer says, oh, yeah, I see a gun, so you could jump out the car firing. And then we have uh, DeJaria Becton, 16-year-old girl in Texas, abused by Officer Eric Casebolt at a pool party. I remember that one. Yeah. yeah. 2015. Casebolt slammed this child, Becton, to the ground, stuck his knee in her back, driving her body into the grass, and um, then there was another situation. I don't have that young lady's name, but in South Carolina, 16-year-old girl body slammed by a school officer for using her phone in class. Right. I remember that. I guess he was telling her or the teacher must have said, you can't use your phone in class, and she probably was like, I got to make a call or whatever. Right. So then here comes the school whatever they called yeah, I remember that incident. That was crazy. Yeah, the, the school officer, and you're going to come in there and body slam the girl like that? Right. It's it's just... doesn't make any sense. I mean, these are kids. Yeah. That's the sad part about it. They Kids, for one, and black on top of that. Mm-hmm. So, and then kids, male or female, as far as that. Yeah. Crazy. Well, if, if you guys got any questions or comments, hit us up tonight, 914-803-4306. And press one. Press one to get in the queue. You can get into the discussion what we're talking about yeah. tonight. So. Oh, but wait, there's more. 
What you got over there, Pop? Uh, let's see, all these violent uh, incidents. Confirmed that black children at their neighborhoods can be uh, stalked by uh, presumptuous and uh, supposedly authorities who will uh, not hesitate to harm them or in their lives if they see fit. U.S. law enforcement's place uh, particularly uh, horrific restrictions on black women over the past decade as well. Mm-hmm. During a period spanning from December 2013 to June 2014, Oklahoma City Police Officer Daniel uh, Holkoff oh, raped several women who had he stopped the uh, he stopped to. Uh, conduct background checks on them. Thirteen women, all of them black, accused Hoskoff of sexual assault, but the all-white jury found him guilty of only some of the uh, accusations in 2015. I remember that particular I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, he was crying. They said that the women were lying and all of this stuff didn't happen. Was he a real officer? Yeah. Okay. He was getting his jollies Mm -hmm. messing with these black women. Mm -hmm. But he was... um, he was crying like a baby, too, when he got convicted. Mm-hmm. Crying like a little bitch. Anyway. Mm-hmm. And in 2015, 28-year-old Sandra Bland was found dead yeah. in a Walter County jail cell in Texas after being accused during a traffic stop by state trooper Brian Inchina. In Inchina in slammed Bland to the ground and threatened to kill her before uh, hauling her to jail. All right, an incident found that Bland had died by, the uh, investigation found he died by suicide, which was a bunch of crap. Yeah, that's what they wanted to But her family was awarded $1.9 billion in a wrongful death settlement with... Uh, $1.9 billion? Million, million, oh, million, oh million not God. hardly. Yeah, that's a billion, that's please. Mm-hmm. That's that was enough. wishful thinking. Yeah, that's not enough. $1.9 mm-hmm. million is no money. And just because, you know, she was trying to stand After up for After a deal that Bland had... Uh, <laughs> Been under, uh, you know, acquired, has had been inadequate uh, surveillance during her imprisonment. Over the past decade, there were only uh, some incidents suggested to black women that uh, were not to expect any, uh, not there, there are no not to expect any tenders or care mm. when it comes to uh, being contacted police, even when they uh, do so humbly and helpfully. Their protection is never guaranteed. So whether driving or walking, it's uh, you know it's really really sad all these things that are going down with this here. Uh, other incidents include Michael Brown. Oh yeah, can't who started forget all his all all the antics that went on in uh, Missouri. Let's start a whole. That was the New guy who was selling cigarettes, right? Was that no, that, that wasn't Mike. Michael Brown. That was, was the one. Eric Garner. That had he was the one that had the, the embattlement with the police officer, stopped him, and he shot him. And uh, oh, shot right. him in the back, right? He was trying to run. No, he was actually this shot in the stomach. The with the girlfriend the guy was in the car, to, right? Mm, no, no, Michael Brown was the one that was you shot. Mean? Michael Brown was the one that was shot there in the in the street in the, in the projects. Oh, and they left him in the street. Yeah, in I Missouri, and, uh, okay. Okay. and uh, in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And then you have Walter yeah. Scott, unarmed man, who was running from the cops. Okay. Oh, that's who I was thinking. And he thinking. got shot in the back while he was running away. Mm-hmm. 
and then the police threw a gun over top of him. So did they, did he go away, the cop, or? Yeah, the cop, that cop was arrested. That's right. That's yeah. one out of a hundred. Yeah, he went to jail. Freddie Gray, a man arrested for fairly injured during his ride in a police thing where he broke his spine by putting a knee in mm-hmm. his back. I saw when they first put the knee in his back, when they put him up in the truck, he wasn't right. That was the Then he rode around forever, yeah, and the young prosecutor tried to prosecute all the policemen, and they all mm-hmm. ganged up on her, and they all got away with it. And, and they uh, all slithered like snakes. Yeah, he yeah, died. He was so. he was dead when he was in that dumb vehicle, uh-huh. in the transport. Yeah, once mm-hmm. you lose your spine like mm-hmm. that, you have no oxygen going yeah. anywhere. And once he got there, he probably was already deceased then. Oh, boy, so sad. It's been a crazy decade. Fernando Castile. That's the one we're talking about. The car. He was a gun owner and was shot while sitting in the car at a traffic stop. He told the gentleman, the cop, that he had a gun. Mm -hmm. The cop put he reached for it and he shot inside and killed him. And It was filmed on uh, Facebook Facebook Live. Live. Eric Gardner was selling cigarettes in... uh, Mm -hmm. That was in New York, right? Yeah, in uh, Staten Island. Mm. I make a living. Killed by a chokehold. Mm-hmm. Died right, right there on on mm-hmm. camera in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. That was that can't breathe, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 mm-hmm. yep. That was a big thing too. That was a big campaign. You, yeah. They were making shirts I can't breathe, and I mean they were seriously protesting by then. I mean it, was, it reminded me so much of the '60s. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that's what it just reminded me of. And then it brought about so many different films and stuff like that. Man, I'm telling you, a lot of stuff came out. And you had the other lady, uh, uh, Anastasia Jefferson. Mm-hmm. An armed woman shot at home while she was uh, playing video games with her nephew. Right. Police came and looked in oh, the window right. when she came over to yeah. the window. He shot through the window and killed her. Yeah, because a neighbor it's said something about a uh, yeah, wellness check. Yeah, talking about they were worried about her. Yeah, because the door was open. It had been yeah. open all night. They're the, supposed to be going over there to check on yeah. her to make sure she's yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. They end up killing her. But I, th- I think the um, the story was, I think it was hot, and they had the door open or something, mm-hmm. something like that of that nature. But, I mean, why, why is that a problem, to leave your door open at your house if you want to? Yeah. That shouldn't get you killed. And then you're going to send a rookie cop that ain't never been in a black neighborhood. And That's the problem. Really yeah, they, the and they're scared to death. Yeah, there you go. They, they realize that that nine millimeter on their hip is not really not enough to protect them. As far as their fear can never be subsided by a gun. They think because they got a gun, they're walking through the neighborhood. They're scared. They're scared of every noise they hear. Mm-hmm. So they don't need a gun there if that trigger happens. Yeah, and if you that scared, yeah, you don't need to be on the force. Thank you. You don't need to be a cop. You're scared of your own shadow. Scared of every noise. Scared yeah. of black people. Scared of anything that doesn't look like you. Right. You're in the wrong profession. And especially if you've been been brought up around blacks or anything, you know, it's just. You just. But have you know what? It, that even shouldn't even be an issue. It's a fear. Because people are people. They don't think that. Because you've never been around a different group of people. They're still people. They don't think that. But, I mean, it shouldn't even be a thing of, oh, I've never been around. What if I've never been around Russian people before? So what? They're still people. But I I think our perception is different than theirs. It's just. Yeah. Yeah, it's just. I mean, to me, the difference should be about the culture, but it shouldn't be about fear because you don't know the culture. 
You know, if well, I if I, I sign up I in Little Italy mm-hmm. and I don't know Italian and I don't know the Italian culture, right. then I would have reservations about trying to do my job efficiently mm-hmm. because I don't understand the culture. But then that becomes my primary job right. is no, to no, learn no. the culture, yeah. learn as much as I can being the, an outsider. That's the key thing. They don't want to learn our culture. Or they don't want to learn who we are or um, just take time to talk to us and see if we are not those people that they say that we are on these on paper. You know, you go back in history and you see the N-word or you see blacks and, and the definition of us and what we represent, but that's not us. You know, they a white person has to come up to a black person. You have to start making a, having a conversation. You know, it's not what well, you say. If we can get thing. rid of this this whole stigma idea mm-hmm. of this superiority thing yeah. going on, yeah. then people wouldn't have that initial thinking of, I'm already right by default, right. which means you're going to be wrong by default. So my way of doing things is correct and yours isn't. Right. So if you come into a situation believing mm-hmm. that you have the superior knowledge, superior skills, mm-hmm. superior everything, you you won't look at a person as you're a person just like me. Right. Because you already have the idea, no, you're not like me. Mm-hmm. You're below me. You're less than me. Right. So I don't need to look at you as an equal because you're not. Mm-hmm. You're several pegs down the ladder from me. So they already come in with this idea of i got to tolerate these animals. i got to deal with these, you know, whatever else they want to call people. I agree. And if you approach it like that, you're going to always have that problem of lack of understanding and lack of willingness to understand. Right. I agree with everything you're saying. You're so right. Yep. And they'll let me train them. Uh-oh. I get them right. Uh-oh. Well, if you guys want to join the conversation, hit us up tonight, 914-803-4306. And press 1. Press 1 to get in the queue. We're going to take a little CC. All right. All right, and we'll be back with the Hit and Quit. Does your gray hair make you look much older than you really are? Do Boy Scouts try to help you cross the street? Don't waste your time with messy hair colors that won't last. Wigs will just make your hair sweat. What you need is a permanent solution. You need Gray Be Gone. Gray Be Gone burns your gray hairs right down to the root. No more coloring with Gray Be Gone. Simply apply Gray Be Gone with the heat-protected gloves to your entire scalp. When you feel the burning, the gray hairs are being fried right on your head. After the procedure, just stick your head in a bucket of ice water to cool the burning, and just like that, no more gray hairs. You might have bald spots and burns where the gray used to be, but that's a whole different problem. Gray Be Gone will solve your gray hair problem once and for all. Gray Be Gone. Get yours today and make that gray go away. All right, welcome back to Pajama Party. One of those Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. All right, we're going to get into the um, food trends that defined us in the 2010s. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, it has been interesting when mm-hmm. you look at some of the things that we didn't have going into, what, 2010? And mm-hmm. stuff that's just become commonplace now. Mm-hmm. You know, things that we look at now and wonder, how did we get get on without mm-hmm. <laughs> some of this stuff? All right, so what's the uh, what's the first one? We have meals kits. 
showed up at America's doorsteps. Uh, I'm talking about things like, not TV dinner, but like Blue Apron. Oh, launched yes. in 2010, 2012, Hello Fresh, 2011. And then a slew of competitions like Sun Basket um, flooded the market. Um, it, it's a lot, I guess, what, prepackaged ingredients? Because people don't have time to do different things. So, Well, um, I have to say, I did subscribe okay. once. Mm-hmm. I won't say their name since they don't pay us to advertise. <laughs> but um, I kept it for, I don't know, maybe almost a year or so. Mm-hmm. And um, I really liked it. Okay. Because it, it's a meal kit. Right. So the food is not cooked. Mm-hmm. It's basically like if if they had gone out and done the grocery shopping. Gotcha, and they package it And they you. give you the directions for how to fix this meal. Right. It's been packaged. And they give you all the ingredients. Mm-hmm. The only thing you have to have is some olive oil mm-hmm. and a pan mm-hmm. or a pot, whatever you're using. Mm-hmm. But what I liked about it is that it exposed me to foods that I would not normally buy. I got you. Well, that's good. Mm. Yeah, because I'm, you know, we we all like what we like. Right. And you get accustomed to eating a lot that's of the true. same stuff. So you're trying to try something different and it works. Exactly. That's good. Uh-huh. Sometimes you want to try something different, but you're not quite sure what to do with it, mm-hmm. or you don't know if you would like it, so you don't buy it, and you end up doing the same old meal. Right. Week after week. So I did like the idea of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't necessarily find it to be cost effective okay that's why you kind of get but yeah after a while i said you know what it was fun for a while right but i'm gonna let it go because i felt like i had gotten some of the exposure right to some of the things like romanesco so uh, different stuff you can buy on your own it'll probably be cheaper right it's like now that i've been exposed to it and i've determined what i like and what i don't like and and i have all my little recipe cards that they give you in full color with the directions and the recipes. Oh, you can keep that. Yeah, well, you keep all those. Oh, okay. So if I ever wanted to go back through my library mm-hmm. and try to replicate any of those things, that's good. I could probably get pretty close to it. Because okay. some of those things, they they try to get slick. They give you the seasoning like in a little packet. Mm-hmm. So you still don't know what the what whole the mixture is. is. Like, right, it'll right. just say seasoning. Gotcha. So but, you know, know, if you have a good... A good tongue. Right. You don't know. You can figure it out. Okay. So they had the blue apron, so you tried it, so you liked it, but it it wasn't cost efficient after a while. But at least you got a chance to keep the recipe card, so that was a good thing. Right. So I got something out of it. You got something I was going to say. experience. Right. Okay. Then they have food deliveries like Uber Eats, DoorDash, and the DoorDash became very popular. I love that commercial. Well, he ordered all this stuff, and everybody comes to the door. I really like that. Oh, yeah. That's that commercial. Grubhub. Um, everybody's more or less doing like Uber Eats, even McDonald's doing um, Uber Eats. Yeah, I haven't used any of those. Um, Papa Didi, have you used any of those kind of services? No, I sure haven't. But you know what? This these services, because my son he uses it. Mm-hmm. It's just so easy. They go through that, and sometimes you get coupons or whatever. So you know, you get a percentage off on your 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 first delivery if you use it. So. This this is the wave of the future. This is what these young folks are using, should I say. Um, also, the instant pots appeared, like different pots, I guess, um, people are cooking in. Um, Instapot. Oh, Instapot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't jump on that bandwagon. Sold about 10,000 units in 2012. Wow. 
And it, so it's sort of like a pressure cooker, but it's not. Units in 2016. It's like a it's like a smaller pressure cooker. You just set it up and get it, like you push it and. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a, I I guess you could say if a pressure cooker and a microwave had a baby. Gotcha. That's the way I see it. All right. I never got one of those. Okay. And um, it says it does uh, multiple. Um, things you know, I guess, like you said, pressure cooking, whatever. As high have you set it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Also, many people they went to low carb. Um, the roots of low carb craze began in the early 2000s with the um, Atkins diet. Yep, I remember that. I guess yeah, that was a real popular one. Mm-hmm. The, um, nowadays, people were doing the paleo, mm-hmm. paleo diet, and then there's another keto. That's what it is, keto. Where are you getting these names from? I have <laughs> Is no it the idea. people that invent these things or what? And then people got obsessed with the um, sriracha. Um, you had to fat hot sauce? Yep, had to have sriracha on everything. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it says Vietnamese immigrant David Tran began producing the hot sauce in 1980. Yep. And it got popular. Oh, it just got popular. Between 2013 2014, appearing on TV shows. Social media, a little bit of everything. Even McDonald's got into the craze. Once McDonald's get a hold of it, that's it. <laughs> so I remember when all of a sudden everything was sriracha. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Right. Interesting. Yep, yep, yep. So. All right. What what food trends do you have, Papa Didi? Let's see here. Uh, let's see. TV foods. Uh, TV shows about the food took over the airways as well. Top yeah. Chefs began in 2006. Mm-hmm. Hey. Top Chef. And then but the number of food shows uh, of their popularity mm-hmm. didn't take off until like 2010, whether it was uh, watching people cooked, mm-hmm. like chopped. Yeah, hey, that's know. my show. Yep. That's my people. Like my people. Watching people bake like the... Uh, the Great British Bacon Show. Mm-hmm. I'm watching famous chefs travel and eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's my joint. Driving, uh, dives, and dives. <laughs> salt, fat, acid, heart, fat, women, salt, fat, <laughs> acid, heat. Tell you that. Anthony Bodine, Parts Unknown. I'm telling you. Oh, he, yeah, that was very popular. He opened that whole revolution yeah. of of. of uh, traveling and eating and exotic stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. talking to people in various places yeah. about food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Watching a famous chef uh, scream at nine famous chefs like Hell's Kitchen. Your boy. Hey, <laughs> Gordon Ramsay. He's <laughs> crazy as hell. He's crazy, but I love him. And mm-hmm. watching uh, nine famous chefs bake poorly at uh, Nailed It. There's always plenty to watch. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, craft beer went mainstream in 2008. Oh. It's five large beer uh, on 90, 90.4% of the market share. Mm-hmm. That Making changed considerably in the past decade. As of 2018, mm-hmm. those companies now make up 80% of the beer market. Those people making their own beer? Yeah, most oh, of okay. the gains have to do with the explosion of uh, local um breweries and uh, production craft beer from 2010-2018 number of craft breweries in America grew from 1,700 to over 17,000 that's a lot of beer making Mm -hmm. 
But it makes sense, you know, if that as that trend grew, people were doing their own thing yeah. under their own labels. Mm-hmm. A lot of bars, I think, started making their own brands and stuff. I mean, why not sell your own stuff? That makes sense. It grew on marijuana, so why not? Uh, That's a whole nother trend. <laughs> yeah. Talking about food trends. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. You got any others? Yeah, the um, third wave of mom and pop coffee shops popped up. Really? First came uh, Folgers, then came Starbucks, then suddenly uh, there was local coffee roasters and shops in town, large and small, to with the jaw-dropping, uh, was it, Onyx Coffee Lab headquarters shops in, in Rogers, Arkansas. Uh, consumers begin to expect re- responsible sources, beans and beautiful beautiful prepared uh, lattes along with higher prices, things of that nature. It became so popular to regional roasters like uh, La Columbia, Slumtown, uh, Intelligi were snapped up by larger companies. Mm. And they had these other companies called Kabani, Jab Holding Company, Jab respectively. Those are the big ones that oversee all the little ones. Mm-hmm. So then you have fast culture restaurants became the new fast food. The popularity of the uh, fast casual restaurants is best uh, explained by uh, Chipotle. Success story. They grew from That's one. True. They grew from one local store in Denver mm-hmm. in 1993 to 2,500 Jesus. by 2019. And I'm still, people still fast casual spots ranked in over. I do like it. <laughs> I don't get it. Fast fast casual spots raked in over 42 billion dollars in sales Jeez. last year. Last Man. year. Yeah, last year. Hmm. Many of those restaurants uh, use Chipotle's cafe-style ordering system, so they stole their ideals in other types of cruising, mm. like the new school fast casual success stories, uh, Sweet Green, mm. and places like that. Uh, brunch became a social event. Americans have embraced it on a weekly social event with friends and family. Our restaurants have embraced it as a cash cow by serving uh much food as they can for a premium price, knowing that people fill up easy on certain products. Oh, rice, that rice, you put that rice in the water, you're going to swell. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, well, there was also a big thing with bone broth. Anybody hear anything about bone broth over the last 10 years? Mm-mm. Well, you know, it used to just be called stock. Right. Okay, right. and then they decided to make it fancy, and everybody got into calling bone broth. Because oh. the bone broth is supposed to be a little more premium. Really? It's, uh, you know, with the rise of artisanal food. Oh, excuse me. You know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> with the keto and the paleo diet, mm-hmm. it's a collagen-rich broth. Yeah. And, you know, and they're saying that people don't have time to sit in front of the stove for 18 hours to, <laughs> to make it. <laughs> so they bottled it. bone broth thing has become a big deal. Okay. Uh, then you have uh, Instagram. How Instagram transformed eating mm-hmm. because the app rocketed in popularity after Facebook bought it in 2012 and currently has 1 billion monthly users. Jeez. It's undoubtedly changed how we eat because people go to restaurants now based on how their food looks on social media. Mm-hmm. 
which is very true. And as soon as the plate comes, oh, I got to take a picture. Uh-huh. Click. Yeah, right. And then people were checking the restaurant's websites right. to see pictures of right. their food on their Instagram sites and right. stuff. Mm. So um, that became something over the decade. Uh, the obsession with anything Trader Joe's. Oh, have you God. thought about that one? How Trader Joe's became a big thing. Trader Joe's and uh, Buck Chuck, everything but the bagel seasoning, the speculoos cookie butter, and uh, diner mac and cheese are some of the um, products that are on the shelves there that they just you know fly right out the door. Uh, it says Trader Joe's. Let's see. The fervent chronicling of every new item in the store by Trader Joe's mini Instagram along with the brand's expansion into new states, Kentucky and Florida, has helped them to stay relevant throughout the 2010s and beyond. Mm-hmm. Yelp made the average person's mm-hmm. opinion important. Mm-hmm. The review site might be struggling now, but in the early 2010s, it was a one-stop shop for anyone to rant and rave about everything from food trucks to chains. Mm-hmm. You didn't need a newspaper column to be a food critic. All you needed was a camera phone and the ability to type. That's why uh, papers got obsolete. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Restaurant owners struggled with how to deal with the negative reviews, while high-quality Yelp reviewers were rewarded with perks by the company. And the last one I have is recipe blogs flooded the Internet. Mm -hmm. The shift in food culture became really clear in the 2010s as a report from 2012 showed that 40% of consumers learn about food from Internet sources like blogs. Years later, recipe blogs offered a wealth of information for the home cook, as long as you read a personal memoir first. <laughs> and it's so true. It's funny, yeah. As I like to pull recipes and stuff from online, mm-hmm. and inevitably you'll end up on somebody's blog right. that has to tell you about how their, comp- their, their family goes out and well, does this and that, and right. this and that. But that's how, that's that's how Lisa Roman, that's how she started. Yeah. Doing a blog. And it's now irritating, but sometimes it is yeah. entertaining. Now look at her, yeah. I like the sites that have that link that says skip to the recipe. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, if I don't want to read about how you play with your dog and right. go on trips, <laughs> just get me to the recipe that I came here for. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that that's, it's interesting, though, how food mm-hmm has changed just in this last 10 years. I agree. Uh-huh. I, I missed a few, and, and these were some important ones. This was um, the plant-based um, everything took over. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it says, my girl, Oprah embraced Meatless Monday. I remember her saying that. Oh. The Impossible Burger was launched. Um, you know, Burger King had a thing. Even Dunkin' Donuts. I didn't know that. Rival Beyond Meat showed up in uh, menus and Dunkin'. Really? I didn't know. Oh, I um, didn't know that. Soon there were um, lab-grown fish, which they say it's t- tilapia fish is a lab-grown fish. See, I knew it was something with tilapia. Mm-hmm, because there's a crossover. It's two fish or something together. Did you hear something about that, Pop? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I said that years ago. It's something funny about tilapia. <laughs> I, I, stopped, I stopped eating it. Yeah. I did, too. I said, I, it's something. Um, yeah, when you eat it, it, it tastes kind of rubbery. And yeah. It, it just it, seemed like it's too much of it. Yeah. Yeah. Every time you go in any dip- any uh, grocery store, mm-hmm. and you look in, even in the frozen, fresh, whatever, right. tilapia is like coming at you. Everywhere, right, yeah. it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's like you're out of this, you're out of that. I, but we I got tilapia. Think, I don't think there's no 
nutritional value in their fish at all. I'm not sure, but I'm not messing. I don't. I I I've gotten away from tilapia, and also um, the farm to table dining. Um, mm-hmm. They have a um, like a farm to table. Um, well, um, our place uh, go to sometimes the diner. They start talking about farm to table, mm-hmm. and they use local farmers. So a lot of people uh, have have done that, and that's a big draw. Seems like those young yuppies. It's another one. Um, it's one downtown D.C. too. I forgot the name of it, but it's like a farm-to-table type thing. Mm-hmm. And the menu is so totally different. You know, like they have doubled eggs, they have this, they have that. I mean, it's just totally different. Yeah. You know, it's almost like advertising food. <laughs> that that meat, um, meatless, what is it, plant-based? Mm-hmm. That thing just came up out of nowhere. But it, people gravitate to it, mm-hmm. you know. But the quote-unquote vegetarians, I guess. That's another one. Mm-hmm. Now, I have family members who a couple years back, when they told me that they had become pescatarian. What is pescatarian? I was like, what is a pescatarian? <laughs> what I had that? never heard that phrase. Right, what is it? Pescatarians eat fish, mm-hmm. seafood fish, mm-hmm. but don't eat any other kind of meat. So they're not okay. vegetarian. Right. Because they do eat fish. Right. So they had that title, pescatarian. Oh. And now I believe there's some other kind of atarian <laughs> okay. they have. I don't know. Okay. I can't keep up. But, you know, it's those kind of terms that came out within somewhere within the 2010. Right. right. At least that I'm aware of. Now, maybe it existed before and right. I just hadn't heard it. Well, if you guys got any questions or comments what we're talking about or join the conversation, it is up tonight, 914-803-4306. And press 1. Press 1. All right, uh, are we going to get into what happened in sports this year? Um, well, we don't want to take a little break. It's up to you. Yeah, we'll take a break. Yeah, let's take All a right, little CC. We'll that, and then we're coming back with the sports wrap-up on the Pajama Party Show. Hey, this is Papa Didi. Join me on Friday night live at the Pajama Party adult online radio talk show. And don't miss my segment called Living for the City and What's Poppin'. Hey, and, and join me. This is Red Wine with the Long Long Step. And I've got the hot topics in my commentary called I'm Just Saying. And don't forget the cocktail of the week for me, Shadow with the Yellow Top. I got the Hollywood wrap up along with Weird News. And don't forget, we've got the kisser list. That's for the people who get on our last nerves and you want us to call them out. So join us on Blog Talk Radio for the Pajama Party. Every Friday night at 9 p.m. on the East Coast and 6 p.m. on the West Coast. Go to apajamaparty.com to listen online or follow us on Twitter at apajamaparty. Call us live, 914-803-4306. And don't forget to press 1. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, what happened to the snack tray or the bartender? Does he want to see my slippers? I'll call the room service. You're in tune to the Late Night Adult Pajama Party right here on Blog Talk Radio. This is a production of DC Homegrown Entertainment. To share your opinion with the Pajama Party crew, call us on 914-803-4306 and press 1. If you'd rather just listen in, you can still call us and listen on your phone, or you can listen online by going to our website, 
www.apajamaparty.com and clicking the Listen banner in the top right corner. So join the conversation and let us know what you think about tonight's topics or whatever is on your mind. Okay, who turned the lights off? Call us now, 914-803-4306. Now back to the crew and more of the Pajama Party. Hi, welcome back to the uh, John Party. I'm Wayne Hills Papa I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. Ooh, ooh. Get into the sports. Yeah. Wrap that up. What was going on with Pop the sports? Pop a new bottle, and we'll do that. Oh, okay. uh, you know, um, <clears throat> just, just as we spoke on the whole racial situation, it's, you know, I don't understand I, I tell you, you know, the world just kind of needs a good shaking because it just seems so ironic that uh, when it comes to, just like you're talking about the cops and everybody, the rookies in the neighborhood, I mean, this, it doesn't just go with the cops. It goes with everybody. Everybody's scared to death of anybody that wants to stand up for black people. They just they get petrified. And um, it's the case right now with... Uh, Colin Kaepernick and Antonio Brown. You know, Colin Kaepernick has is, is, been ostracized out of the football based on they're worrying about so much stuff that, especially when Donald Trump came in and hijacked that whole situation, like he hijacked everything mm-hmm. that he has nothing to do with, you know. And that was so bogus because you really don't ever see, you know, football is so so hypocritical. I mean, I just can't even begin to talk about how how hypocritical hoish that they are. It's not even funny. And I say that because when I say hoish, I mean money hoes. They, they're complete money hoes. These people will put anything on to make money, and they have missed kickoffs. They have we and you have never seen a halftime event. Never, 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 ever see a halftime event anymore. The only time they put a halftime event on if they have to, if it's featured on some type of special show or some type of uh, of the uh, Super Bowl or one of these games have these special halftime event that they have been talking about and advertising or what have you. Other than that, you don't see halftime events anymore. There are many, many events that go on with the Ring of Fame where they put players from football teams into the Ring of Fame around the stadium, and you miss it every time because come halftime, they don't talk about it. But then when the game comes back on in the third quarter, they say, well, during halftime, they had a ceremony where they put, uh, for example, uh, Ray Lewis in the the Ring of Fame here in – you know, Met. What is that? What stadium is down in Baltimore? MetLife Stadium or not MetLife? Um, MIT Stadium or whatever it is. You know, and they even show it. You know, another gentleman went into the Ring of Fame. His son came there. His son plays for the New England New uh, the New Orleans Saints, and he talked about it. He was in the, in the booth in the third quarter, talking about how it was so great they honored his father during halftime. We didn't see one second of that because they were advertising F-150s and Cadillacs and Hyundai's mm. and, and you know it was amazing mm. 
even when a game come on in most cases at one o'clock, they're still finishing up with an F one fifty commercial and you don't even see the kickoff. When the game comes back on, the team is on the thirty yard line. Well, we, we, you missed with, with the kickoff. Uh, it was a touchback, and they're on the 30-yard line, and you don't even care. The announcer gives a brief synopsis on what happened during the kickoff. So saying all that to say, did we ever have to see anybody kneeling down? No, because they don't even show the kickoff. Right. They don't even show halftime. Right. So, yeah. so why would you even be concerned about somebody kneeling down when we're not going to see it anyway? The only time, the only reason why they showed it is because it was hijacked by the president, and then they said, "Okay, well, right, look, let's let's lose twenty million dollars on that F four F fifteen, I mean that F one fifty Ford commercial, and show them kneeling. Now they're showing Kaepernick and all them kneeling because the president wants to see it, and then it became a big deal. Other than that, football does not show anything. They are running commercials, 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 making money, money, money with the networks and." Like I said, but getting back to this here story now, they are so prominent to keeping Kaepernick out the game that here you got the New Orleans Saints negotiating whether or not they want to pick up Antonio Brown. Only because they're the biggest whores in the world that these owners would do anything to win the Super Bowl. They will bring the worst unbehaved black man back in the game. But they won't bring a black man there to stand up for a cause. And that's amazing. Because as far as I'm concerned, I would pick up Kaepernick before I would pick up Antonio Brown any day of the week. Antonio Brown is a cancer, okay? He's horrible. He's nasty. He's ugly. He's belligerent. He's rude. He's a mess. He's a cancer. He destroys teams. He comes there with his arrogance, acting like he's, he wears badass haircuts. He's a mess, okay? He drove a black man crazy. His, his black coach with Pittsburgh drove him nuts, you know, filming filming what he's saying on Facebook Live. Tollison is having a, a, a thing after the thing, and he says, yeah, this is my coach talking about the game we love, like he, like he gives it to everybody. And he, he's filming Tollison on nas- national, you know, a black man, your brother. <laughs> and you know that's not allowed. Not allowed, it just ain't right. And now he done went and destroyed, he would destroy, he, uh, who did he destroy? He destroyed the, uh, he was up there with the Oakland Patriots. Raiders, he destroyed the Patriots, mm-hmm. went out, then he got in a situation where he was, these two girls that he was dealing with and mm-hmm. allegedly raped them or whatever. And now the fact that he's a halfway decent receiver, the New Orleans Saints has got him at his practice mm-hmm. facility trying to pick him up just mm-hmm. so they can get in the playoffs. Whores, 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 all of them. Whatever it takes to bring them. Whoever can get the black slave on the chopping block and bid on him butt naked with his Johnson hanging down, they will bid on him just like slavery days fresh off the boat. They don't see it, though. Scary, scary, scary. Scary. Anyway, in battle NFL wide receiver Antonio Brown could end up playing in the, in the playoff after ESPN senior NFL reporter Adam Sattler reported Friday morning that he was uh, in the New Orleans Saints camp practicing with the New Orleans Saints. All right? 
Brown, currently a free agent, didn't seemingly confirm the report when he uh, posted a Saints free agent waiver form on his Instagram. He posted a waiver form from the New England. A waiver. This is a form, a legal form that the Saints gave you for you to sign.
I did hear her in an interview say that this summer, I think the summer Olympics was going to be her last one. Oh, yeah? I thought that's what I heard her say. Was she retiring already? That's, well, she's 22 now, I believe. Mm-hmm. So for a gymnast, you know, it's like okay. you got these little 12- and 13-year-olds coming right behind you. Yeah. Or the girl from UCLA to come in and compete against her. Uh-huh. We ain't going to go there. Yeah, we're not going to go yeah, there. She, oh, okay. What's up with that? It's the girl okay. from UCLA that, 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 that was that, in all the YouTube that videos. She's that good. She's out, very, very good. Out, out seeking out, but dude. she's already retired from gymnastics. She's not trying and, to. And, oh, and, really? And Simone is very happy. <laughs> She was a college She's Olympic, uh, a oh. college athlete. Right, I see. So anyway, back to Simone. <laughs> uh, Simone edged out for this award. Soccer star uh, Megan Rapinoe. Rapin, Rapin, how do you pronounce her name? Rapinoe. 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 Um, and uh, let's see, somebody else, ski, skiing star Michaela Schriffen. Uh, uh Side note, speaking of skiing star, did anybody see that story about Lindsey Vaughn proposing to uh, the brother she's dating now? Mm-mm. You'd have to look it up. Lindsey Vaughn it was dating Tiger. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah I she proposed to this brother that she's dating now who's a hockey player. Okay. He's a professional hockey player. I don't know his name. Okay. But she proposed to him, and he said yes. She gave him an engagement ring and everything. Anyway, back to Simone. So, anyway, yeah, so Simone, you know, has been given this award, and she says uh, that she feels like this is the beginning of her life, and she doesn't want gymnastics to be her whole entire life. Right. But she's going to soak up the moment and enjoy it so that 10 years from now she can look back and say she had the time of her life and that it was good and that it didn't make her miserable. Mm. So, you know, of course, she was involved in the whole thing with uh, Nasser, Nasty Nasser, that doctor. Right. Who, you know, she spoke up about all of that. And um, I forgot who she's dating. Who's that real tall guy she's dating now? Somebody she's dating. I don't know. He's fine, though. <laughs> so, but anyway, congratulations to her. For sure. Um Oh, there was one interesting thing, though. Uh, that latest move that she was uh, seen doing, mm-hmm. her triple-twisting triple, triple twisting double flip that she calls her triple-double. Right, didn't they name it after her? Well, yeah, she had several things named after her. Um, but what happened is that the uh, the organization who governs the, the gymnastics, the FIG, mm-hmm. they, um, I don't know how, you, how to describe it, they, like, marked it, they, I don't, I want, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like they dumbed it down. They downgraded, that's the word I'm looking for. They downgraded mm-hmm. that particular move because they said they didn't want other people trying it because so of the risk or danger or something. So what that did is it brought her score down because it's like every move has like a maximum score you can get for doing it. Right. So they lowered what her maximum score for doing that move should have been. Interesting. Because of some BS that they're saying. Right. So they're saying that the International Gymnastics Federation made the unusual decision to downplay the value in an effort effort to deter other gymnasts from even trying it. Now, do you really think anybody's going to be deterred? If they look at what she does Mm -hmm. and think, I can do that. Right. 
whatever they downgrade is not going to stop that. So that's how you know that's some bull. I agree. Yeah, I'm like, y'all need to get out of here with that bull. What is that about? Y'all pissed because that sister can do stuff that none of those other little other girls can do. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's what it is. That's so unfair. Yes, I, I have agree. to put them on the kiss it list. There you go. The International Gymnastics Federation. There you go. Her boyfriend's name is Stacy Irvin. Oh. Junior. And um, the other lady's um, boyfriend's name was P.K. Subin. Yeah, that's him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. Okay. I guess Tiger's like, okay, leave me and move on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how it goes. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. Is that it for sports wrap up? Yeah, but I got I got a story I want to speak on here. Okay, okay. you got one to share. Go for it. Just here. You know what's bothering me right now is is uh, is the way is the way that the in England the way the Queen is hating on 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 Meghan. You know, it is just a downright shame on how how she is just hating on that woman so bad. You know, over the last few months with everything, from the way this woman puts on her makeup to everything, the way her and uh, her and her husband, uh, Harry, is doing their own thing and doing... She even posed for a Christmas picture that had uh, William and his wife and children next to her on a piano and her husband, <clears throat> Philip, and Megan and... and Megan and... Uh, the other and Harry. Harry was nowhere in the picture at all. And it's just her they whole thing. No, 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 no. Don't, don't change the narrative. No, I don't think they were there. Don't change the narrative. I'm talking about the picture, the picture of the, the picture that was taken for Christmas. Not, not people. It was a picture of Harry. It was a picture of William and his wife there. Not people. There was no mm-hmm. queen was in the picture by herself. I'm talking about the picture was on the piano. Oh, okay. Pictures on the piano. There, it, it's at the point where the whole racial situation. The queen is so up in age and paranoia that Harry, now that Harry and went and did his own thing, and William and his wife, now then you got William's wife, uh, Kate, mm-hmm. who's trying to follow all the rules of the game because she's got an end game, okay? She know the queen could kick the bucket and whenever time, okay? So she knows where her her you know I mean where her loyalty is, based on her position on the throne. And now all her children have preceded Harry, as far as the food chain, becoming king. You know, mm-hmm. ever since the first son got married and had children, now they superseded him. Mm-hmm. Now, so so Harry is way back fourth in line. But who's to know how Harry how how uh, William's children are going to grow up. They could be fucking dingbats. Who knows? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you never know what's going to become of anything. But my getting back to the main story, Queen Elizabeth is just so out of line right now because of change that came in there through racial levels and things like that. She's just lately been a mess when it comes to Meghan. Just, I'm pissed off because she's not using their beauty consultants. She wants to put her on her own makeup her own anything, mm-hmm. and the queen is just furious out of her mind about all that. And then you got Kate that's teaming up with the queen saying, yeah, 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 she ain't doing this to it. But Kate got an end game because she's just waiting for the queen to drop, the, kick the damn bucket so she could be up. Mm-hmm. 
mess, okay? Sounds so proper to me. Mess. But my synopsis on all this here mm-hmm. is that nothing comes to stay, everything comes to pass. True. And you never know how families are going to end up. That's true. Don't ever think that I you're going to know who's going to end up with what. Just like they say, when you get old, you'll turn around sometime and never realize who's going to be pushing your wheelchair. You never know. It'll we'll probably be the person. Exactly. <laughs> or rain, rain your backwards. Yeah. You, you're taking care of me. I would have never known it. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. sitting there 80 years old with a person whose guts you hated, mm-hmm. and they hated your guts, mm-hmm. and they're washing your ass at 80 years old. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> okay. I just think but, that that. Was that you your was popping, or you had something? Yeah, to- I, I guess it was, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just saying, stay tuned. Stay tuned right. to that situation with right. the queen. Right. Because right now, she's pissed because, as you know, mm-hmm. Megan's, Megan's mom is straight brown. Mm-hmm. And so, and they're not used to that brown up in that. Uh, yeah, that is anyway. a whole new move up in there. Anyway, I ain't saying nothing else. Well, if you guys got any questions, comments on Papa, because that was, <laughs> give us a call, 914-803-4306. And press 1. I ain't saying That's one to get in the queue. Okay. Uh, let's see. You want to shift gears and get to the weird news? Sure. Let's lighten it up a little bit. All right. And I'm going to go first. <laughs> okay. Boston man allegedly stole truck containing $10,000 worth of lobsters. Oh, boy. In Boston, Mass. Now, you know they got to have their lobster in Boston, Mass. Now, come on in. A South Boston man who police say sold a truck containing at least $10,000 worth of lobsters is facing charges. Boston police officers uh, responded to a report of a motor vehicle accident in Charlestown shortly before 1240 a.m. on Tuesday. Upon arrival, officers were told that a 29-year-old suspect, young and dumb, whose name was not released, had stolen the truck from a local lobster company. Workers were loading the truck at the dock when the suspect jumped into the truck cabin and took off. Several company employees chased the suspect in the second truck. The man refused to stop and instead deliberately crashed into the second truck. Wow. The um, suspect was arrested and charged with receiving a stolen motor vehicle operation after... um, revocation or uh, suspension, assault a battery by means of a dangerous weapon and threats to commit harm. (laughs) They didn't get him for stealing the losses? (laughs) I guess not. Well, I guess because he didn't really get away. Uh Assault and battery. That is crazy. Well, he rammed the truck. I mean, that was his craziness. That's worse than stealing the lobster. I think he might get more time, you know. I guess he panicked. You said, ah, and hit the gas. I guess. Uh, uh, uh. Well, I got one for you out of North Carolina. Uh-oh. We got a couple that called 911 on a vacuum. A vacuum? Yeah, go figure. This is out of High Point what? on a vacuum. Out of High Point, North Carolina. It was the night of Christmas at a North Carolina house. No creature should have been stirring, not even a mouse, but a foresight county couple awoke with a fright as something was moving about their house in the night. They dashed to their closet and hid in fear, dialing 911 with a sensitive ear. Responding sheriff deputies searched the home and found a robot vacuum alone. The source of the scare had quickly been sorted, WGHP-TV reported. 
The robot had seemingly started and gotten stuck. Its beeping and banging made an audible muck. Homeowner Thomas Millam said the vacuum named Harry was new. They'd had it for days or maybe just two. He said it's not better to is that right? He said it's not better to be sorry than safe and he called nine one one again, even if making a mistake. So that's what happened. That robot, like that iRobot vacuum thing. Apparently the thing has a mind of its own. It was running around in the house, freaking them out. They didn't know what it was. They thought they had a burglar in the house, so they called the cops. <laughs> Turned out it was just a vacuum going crazy. Oh, Lord. I thought it was a housekeeper or something. <laughs> oh, it's that little iRobot, that Roomba or whatever. Those oh, they are. thought it was <laughs> The thing had, they named the thing. They called him Harry. <laughs> Apparently, Harry got loose and was doing his own thing oh. and got stuck somewhere. See, those electronics, I'm trying to tell you. You know, I never really wanted one of those, and now I really don't want one. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, over to you, Papa Diddy. Okay. Which, uh... <laughs> Weird news? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, um, 141-year-old fruitcake. It's a Michigan family uh, heirloom. This is in uh, Telcusa, Michigan. The Associated Press reports that a uh, Michigan family has its own heirloom, and it's a 141-year-old fruitcake. All right, it's a great thing, says uh, Julia Rutger. A great, great granddaughter of uh, Felicia Ford. Wow, that name Felicia was out that long ago. Mm. I thought that was new. Anyway, uh, Felicia Ford who baked the cake in 
according to the Guinness uh, organization. So they they don't have the it record on it. Still a cake. Yeah, but but the, but the uh, they don't have the honor. The honor went to another uh, family in Egypt. They had a cake. They had a cake that was uh, four thousand hundred seventy-six years old, and that was found in the Egyptian tomb, according to Guinness records. Everybody's lying. It is on display. <laughs> it was it, in the Guinness Book of World Records. Right, and it's on display in the food. I thought you were going to It's on display in the food museum in Switzerland. You would, you wouldn't want to know who can attest to that. Cake anime. Who could attest to that? What? That it was cake? cake? The age of the cake. You know, the scientists, you know, I'm the, just how do you prove that? Well, it was probably an Egyptian tomb. And then they um, did the research and stuff on Egyptian tomb. See oh. how old that was. Yeah, well. Because they were buried, they probably buried the person with the cake. Well, yeah. when Guinness got there and saw the 141 year old cake, they said, no, we got a cake that's 4,000 years old. She's like, you're not even close. They call it back in 5,000 years. We got a 4,000. Oh, boy. Now, that's funny. That's crazy. That is crazy. We baked the cake in 18 something. I'm just wondering, what does it actually look like? I shriveled up some cake because okay. I guess the fruit is preserved. Preserves the cake. I don't know. I mean, fruit cake to me is ugly. Anyway. I never care for fruit cake. I don't like. I it. don't care for it. I like fruit cake, Papa. You like fruit cake? Yeah, I do. Oh, but okay. you know what though? I tell you, fruit cake to me is uh, it's it's a first it's a first bite cake. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. You tell about the first bite. Right. If it's what is good enough? Good enough. And if to, and one thing okay. too, as you know, mm-hmm. if it's good, it's good. Right. If, Would you want a piece of that hundred forty one year? I know you wouldn't want that about four thousand. No. I'd be scared. But, but, you know, <laughs> I've had some people in my life. You know, my my grandmother on my on my father's side, my uh-huh. mom. Mum used to make, oh my God. Where, and they would give you, you know, back in the day, you get a nice little slice. Uh-huh. And like I said, if it's good, it's good. Right. One thing about a fruitcake, because see, the one thing that a fruitcake makes it bad, I'm from old, my, my family's old, you know, older family. And the one thing you find out, a, fruit, a fruitcake is bad if it's too tart. When you bite it, it's like, because it's got all the everything is ran together. The fruit in it is ran. But when you got a fruitcake that has its own positioning, and the fruit is strategically placed. When you cut it, you see the Guinness have like green and red and a, and a nut, a little nut in there. And, 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 and if you bite it, you get that one. It's all about the first bite. If you bite it, you ever, you ever eat a fruitcake and it's really good? Yeah, right. If you, it's a lot of brandy. If you bite a fruitcake just one bite, you could be like, you either going to do this here. Oh, this is gorgeous. Oh, no, thank you. You know? I'm not a fruitcake eater. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but some of them are really good. <laughs> My grandmother some and them used to do them, and I didn't care for them. Well, you know, I mean, some of them are good. Some of them are good. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, but most are not. <laughs> all right, well, I'm just saying. Okay. Well, if you guys like fruitcake, hit us up. 914-803-4306. And press 1. Press 1 to get in the queue. We'll talk about your fruitcake experience. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, gosh. We're going to keep moving? We're going to take a little CC. What you want to do? Um, I'm open. All right. Well, look, let's let's take a quick break. All right. And then we're going to come back and talk about words that help define the decade. Oh. You know, some of the words that were added to the dictionary. Oh, Lord. It's been some interesting ones. That's all I can tell you. Quite sure. All right. We'll be right back with that. You're in the right place at the right time. It's the Pajama Party. www.apajamaparty.com 
Produced by DC Homegrown Entertainment. Don't just sit there yelling at the air. You've got an opinion? We want to hear it too. Dial 914-803-4306. That's 914-803-4306. Don't let us have all the fun by ourselves. We've got room for you at the pajama party. And remember, it's PJs only. No clothes allowed. Operators are standing by. Well, they're lounging on pillows, but they're waiting for your calls. So call us now, 914-803-4306. Now back to the crew and more of the pajama party. Oh, you want to throw pillows? All right, welcome back to the John Party. When your host Papa D and River Kettle. Hello. And red wine. On Swad, darling. And now it's time for I'm just saying. And tonight I'm just saying there were some interesting words that helped to define the 2010s. And I wanted to, you know, just pull up a few of them and talk about them and see what you all think and if these are words that you even used. Because some of these, when I read them, I thought. Oh, I don't recall that one, <laughs> you know, but some of them I'm like, okay, like uh, hashtag, you know, mm-hmm. seems like yeah. that's been around like forever, Yeah. but that actually came up within the 2010s. Really? Mm-hmm. I think the, the symbol was always there, but we never yeah, said but why, that. But, right. but what are we doing, but, but are we replacing what that means? Do we know what that, that meant originally? Well, it was Are just a pound sign the before, but I'm right. saying the term hashtag yeah, but, connected to that symbol. But right. is it replacing that or what? Are we taking our generation and, and killing our generation? No, I don't think so. so I think says the person in our generation. <laughs> okay. okay, thank you. I, I don't think so. <laughs> thank well, I'm you. Answering yeah, go ahead, point the gun at me and just pull the trigger. While no, I'm the hashtag was popularized by Twitter. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it was the American Dialect Society's Word of the Year in 2012. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was it, of course. Okay, but Twitter doesn't, but, but Verizon, when you call to look for something, they'll say press pound mm-hmm. to continue. They're going to still use it. Right. Come, so, so, so who's going to win? Verizon for telling you to press pound for such and such, or Twitter saying, oh, no, don't call that. Don't call it that no more. No, nobody's saying that it's called that and nothing else. Oh, I'm saying Twitter has made popular the word hashtag associated with the pound. But let me say this here. Let me say this here. And I'm going to say this sincerely. This is based on experience. Now, in my profession, okay, where I'm currently training people, I find that people of a certain age... Once they once they learn something, it is hard to sway them in another direction. That's true. Because I was off work for a couple of weeks, and a person in their generation taught them something that I would have taught them a totally different way. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm trying to tell them that they're actually doing double work, mm-hmm. you know, because the people see sometimes, and, and just so we can discuss this for two minutes, I think that nowadays. And, and I'm not going to put any generation on a pedestal, but I will say that sometime, if you look at how millennials work, sometime as an older person, you can look and see. Sometime you'll say to them, why are you doing all that? 
why why'd you do why'd you do all that? Why was that not, like on the save as thing? Mm-hmm. On the computer, for example. When you go to pull up another file and you go to save as, I click and save as first. You know, I pull up an old file, click save as, once I save as, put a new date in and click save. Now the old file I saved as goes back into right. the files. Now the file I'm working on is mine to do whatever. But millennials will take that file and just start typing on top of it. Bing, 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 covering up, changing up, changing up, then hit save as when they get done doing all that. But they don't realize that the power goes out on that computer. Something goes down or automatic save comes into effect. Their whole situation, they're going to, as you've seen, files can be smothered by right, you that's very true. not doing the save as first. And whoever's teaching them this, I think that sometimes you have to, in life, and I'm I'm, I'm leave this alone after this. One thing that I'm blessed to know, and one thing I hold dearly, I cannot let a younger generation persuade me on something when the older generation that taught me were very smart intellectual people. I cannot disrespect their memory. Okay. I cannot do that. And and I'm and when and when you say that young people be like, ow, oh, you yeah. they want to pour spider webs on my head. But and, and what all I was me. saying is that it just because Twitter refers to it as a hashtag doesn't mean that they have changed the definition of it. It's still a pound sign. Okay. But Twitter, when you when you read something like for the examples that they gave was hashtag Black Lives Matter hashtag me too, things of this nature. So when you're reading it with regards to something that's on Twitter, you read it not as pound Black Lives Matter, you read it as hashtag Black Lives Matter. Okay. So that's all that they were saying. So let me move on. All right, well, let, let me say one more thing when you move on. Give me one more minute. Okay, let's put Twitter here. Now, Twitter is something that came out what year, let's say? I don't know. Okay. Or you don't know, which is good. All right. Let's put Twitter here. Let's put Twitter on the pedestal because it's here now. All right. Now let's put this over here, and you'll see where I'm going with this. Okay. Let's say, let's put out. No, let's go even higher. Let's put this here. Okay. Okay. 2006 Twitter was established. Okay. 2006. Okay, now, and I'm going to put this up here for everybody to see and talk to the audience at the same time. Now, here's Twitter right now. Now, let's say Twitter's in the same time frame, Kettle, mm-hmm. Red Wine. Let's say Quiddle is, is up is up on, let's say the Twitter is in the shine zone right now. Yeah. Just like 8-Track was. Okay. Okay. Now, who's gonna come out to Twitter? I don't know. I don't understand. Well, Twitter's here now. I got four spaces here. People that came after people. Mm-hmm. How long is Twitter gonna be in before somebody buys that out and calls something different, does something different? Because we had eight tracks, then we had albums. Right. And then we had cassettes. Sure. And then we had CDs. Something's gonna come after Twitter. Something's sure. gonna come after Twitter. So whatever Twitter's point. doing now. Uh huh. Right now, and I'm I'm not gonna I'm, well, I'm gonna leave this alone. That is current now. Right. Hashtag made it popular. Right. But I mean, what, Twitter what made I'm, hashtag popular. Right. I'm, I'm not right. saying it replaced. But what it. I'm right. saying, yeah, but you're not saying replacing thing. But when you it's see that, replacing. when you see that emblem, what are you thinking first? The millennium person is gonna think hashtag. 
Right. We're going to think because we're di- uh, older of age, we're going to think pound sign. But a lot That's of, just a difference. Right. But what I'm saying is that just, a lot of older people are trying to mellow with the with the millennials to no, make them not. feel like they're oh yes no, they are no, i know a lot of older people are trying to swing not with the I young people okay well as long as you stand now. your ground go ahead good that's going now well that's what they're doing but they're saying, oh, i will my tell daughter you this me but i will say that, this yeah, uh, my daughter twitter started using the hashtag pound sign hashtag i'll say it that way since they started doing it it has picked up across other mediums such as facebook and other uh, social media mm-hmm. uh, formats. Mm-hmm. So people are picking it up to use it to classify your messages and stuff, mm-hmm. like categorize your messages. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it has picked up. Which is artificial other stimulation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Babies only breastfeed okay. for so long. Let's, Go let's, ahead. Okay. okay. Go ahead. Uh, FOMO, <laughs> that was another acronym, mm-hmm. F-O-M-O, which mm-hmm. stood for, stands for fear of missing out. Okay. Now, I've only heard that used in commercials. I have never actually heard people say that conversation. Thank I've you. seen it maybe on, on, like, if you're um, texting somebody or something, they use that acronym. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. So, but I said, okay, bingeable. Mm-hmm. Now, I have heard people talk about shows that they were binging, oh, yeah. watching, yeah. or to say a show is bingeable, meaning it's so good you just want to watch the whole season yeah. one after the other. So I said, all right, I'll give you that one. Latin X. Now, that is one that when I first heard it, I was wondering, like, what is that? Mm-hmm. But Latinx was a, a gender-neutral alternative to saying Latina or Latino. When you're speaking of younger Latin people, mm. Latinx became like that. a term because that, well, they were oh, saying Latinx. Latinx. Okay. Latinx became a term when you're just saying, because you know how sometimes people say But do you feel everything Latino. that comes out that you have mm-hmm. to define it? It already has a definition. Now they say Latin X. Right. I'm just saying these are terms, these are words that have come out in this decade. I'm not saying whether they do or not. But do you have to care? I don't have to. I mean, if you already have your own grip of the English language, do you have to care? This is just terminology. Right. Go ahead. I'm I'm just being a devil's advocate. Go ahead. ahead. Okay. So if you heard it, so then you know you know it or you don't. Mm You know, I mean, nobody's going to, heads are going to fall off one way or the yeah, other. Go ahead. I'm just, but, you know, yeah, Latin X came up because there was a time that I recall people would refer, refer to Latin people as Latino. Right. But Latino is technically a masculine term, even if you were referring to a female. Right. So okay. then they came up with this Latin X. Okay. So I, got I was it. like, okay, I'll Never give you that. that okay. Uh, crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. That came up with mm-hmm. sites like... Uh, What's that thing called? Kickstarter, Indiegogo, when people started doing the crowdfunding. Right, that made sense. So I said, okay. And it stands alone. Uh, Helicopter parent. Never heard of that one. That was one that I heard about on the news. I don't know if I know any, but this is one of those terms that had to do with parents that really hover over their kids, and they called it helicopter parents. When we were growing up, they were you were just a parent that was like holding on tight or whatever. I guess. Um, athleisure. And that was a term. Now you hear athleisure all the time now because a lot of the clothing falls into the athleisure category. Athletic, but then you can wear it out. Athletic leisure. Gotcha. Wear. I guess. So it's not strictly jogging. Right. It's more fashionable. So yeah, I they don't even use that word no more jogging. <laughs> you don't even find jogging suits. Right. Like you used to. Right. Now What's it's like word? athleisure. 
athleisure became a thing because people got into fashionable, fashionable, fashionable. athletic wear. Yeah. I, to me, I, I'm just going to say one thing. That's just being trifling and not dressed. They just want to throw anything on. That's that X generation. But anyway, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this one I've never heard before, flexitarian. Remember we were talking about pescatarian and all that? There's another term, flexitarian, and this has to do with people who have adopted a more plant-based diet. Um, they had another one called freegan, which <laughs> apparently is different from a vegan. Well, not freegan. I, I don't know. What are you doing when you're freegan? It says other new food words include the free food scavenging freegan. Mm. Uh, then there was the word hangry, which I didn't realize was a real word. I've heard hangry. Hangry is when you're angry and angry. hungry. Yep, yep, okay. I've heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> and what's his last one? Zoodles? I've never heard of zoodles. I noticed that the noodle place now sells oh. noodles. It's like noodles made from vegetables. Oh, okay. You know, the zucchini noodles gotcha, and all that gotcha. kind of stuff. They gave gave it a name. Okay. Um, of course, you had memes, which you see all over the social media sites when they do a little funny picture of something and caption it. They call it a meme. This is date back to the seventies. Memes like like uh, a meme, M E M E, like you do on uh, Wii. Well, those are I don't know what those things are called, but mm-hmm. anyway, the term alt right that was a term that came up. In the 2010. That's a fucking racist term. Yeah. It sure is. Yeah. So we won't even linger on that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Ping. Mm-hmm. That was one. Mm-hmm. Ping um, came up um, like a short digital message. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because I hear people on my job constantly saying, well, just ping me. Yeah. Ping me when you get back to your desk. <laughs> ping me later. You call me. <laughs> yeah, they say ping, like hit me on the uh, right. on Skype or something like okay, that. Okay, I got you. Uh, glamping, which is supposed to be like, you know, more upscale camping. But most of the time when people say they're going glamping, they're at a hotel. So I'm like, I don't know why they even call it that. Mansplaining. What is that? Mansplaining was the term that had to do with men trying to give an explanation or uh, something to a woman, usually about something that was about a woman. Mm -hmm. So it's like a man trying to tell a woman about a woman or something that is woman. Never heard of that one. Yeah, well, mansplaining. I've heard that one for quite a while. And, of course, you have emojis. Right, and we came up, you know, the little smiley faces and uh, all that. Uh, uh, uh. And the notorious selfie. You know, we didn't have selfies before the 2010. I mean, you had people who it, would do things to take pictures right, of themselves. Right, it wasn't called a selfie. But it, exactly. Yourself, that's all. Right. That's what they called but, it. But the word selfie. I know. So wouldn't mansplaining be a woman trying to tell somebody about a man? No. It's well, when a man is explaining something. To a woman. Oh, Lord. That's, That's what mansplaining is. Okie dokie. It's usually when a man is explaining something to a woman in a condescending manner. Okay. So well, if I don't if I don't decide not to back into that world, will I still survive Earth? I don't know. We'll have to wait until 2020 and see. Okay. <laughs> well, you guys got any questions or comments about uh, so this is like 1999. These uh, <laughs> these emojis or selfies 
We've been talking about hitters up tonight. Nine one four eight zero three four three zero six. I'm gonna make a meme out of Papa Didi and press one. We're gonna do a mansplaining. Uh huh. That's we gonna do. We're gonna do a mansplaining and take a selfie. There you go. Take a selfie. We're gonna keep moving. We're gonna take a little break. Yeah, we. Oh, I did have one more, but I don't have the definition of it. Oh my God. You know how they changed the definition of they? No, I don't. Explain. I I can't. It's it's like for people who don't consider themselves male or female. Oh. And they were using. They started using the pronoun they. Okay. To refer to themselves. Okay. And then they added it to the dictionary and had to change the definition of the pronoun they. Oh my God. I was like, wow. Okay. Okay. So. All so right. if somebody looks up they, they're going to see <laughs> cock and bull stuff somebody threw out there. I guess it'll take some time. I looked it up this right. evening, and so I still what, saw the regular well, let definition. Let me ask you a question. What would be the, the this dictionary uh-huh. that they changed uh-huh. up? When did this start? I know to get dictionaries It's supposed to, to be. It. I believe it was Webster and the uh, Oxford, what's the OED? Oxford English Dictionary? I believe those are the two. I just think Webster's trying to sell some damn books. Probably so. I don't know. I mean, I mean who, who I, actually buys dictionaries? I, I, I guess they're changing with the times because that's what's going on. That's all. Yeah, well, you need to okay. put an asterisk beside that. Why would you kick oh, out that? Oh, They have the purpose. They. Well, they just added it. They didn't erase what was there. They added like a third or fourth, however many there are. They added another definition. It. It's the times in which we live. They keep adding these words. So if I'm it's like bootylicious. Remember the year they added bootylicious yeah. to the dictionary? Yeah, that's true. That, that was a word well, that's that self-explanatory. whoever wrote that song made right. that but word it's up. Self-explanatory. But it's a change of the time. It's an era. No, 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 no. That's all that is. Not but it wasn't a real word. Oh, why? Because you like big booty? No, no, because it has two words in it. It has booty and licious. And he's talking about an ass. And it's just self-explanatory. It's like man. It's like man's It's not, you know. Man trying uh-huh. to explain something. You know what? Don't, 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 don't <laughs> wait, go wait, there. Don't go there. If it's, if it's self-explanatory, then it's, it's okay. It's self-explanatory <laughs> with, the, with the hearing of the word. It doesn't oh. come off like the crazy stuff you were saying. It has some significance. These are just words that were added. Nah, they weren't see, my words. See, there again, now, you're trying to bask in a generation. I'm not basking in anything. You're, you're, I'm recording you're, the But you're news. agreeing with a, with a, a generation. I agree. I didn't say I agree with it. You're, you, but I am well, you're debating me. News. You're debating me. <laughs> I'm not so debating you. I'm just saying don't tell a, me that I am all on board. I'm reporting the well, news. Well, the question is, are you on board or not? Yes In or some no? words, I am. Not with all. Okay. Well, all right. I just think it's hogwash, period. That's my opinion. Sorry. Okay. All right. I have captured the English language. I have bashed into my generation. doesn't make me old-fashioned. doesn't make me anything. I could still hang with the best of them. But times move on. Yeah, but I pay the cost to be the boss, honey. Yeah, but you're not okay. the boss of time. Well, I'm just saying. If a young you're person, the boss of you. If a young person comes time up. Time is marching yeah, down the street. A young person can be hip on words, but if they come to me to borrow $20, then they need to get back with what I'm doing because they need my money. I don't need theirs. They want to live in my house. All I'm they saying is that my when cars, words are added to the dictionary, 
If we don't use them or choose to use them, that's on us. If they say Papa Didi, can I borrow your car? Then they need to get their crap together. So Stop worrying about them, words and get their stuff together. You can tell them bootylicious. Okay. Yeah. I say no, you young man. You can mansplain it for them. See, there you go. I'm just saying. We're going to take a little CC break. Okay. And we're going we're gonna to regroup here because I need a cocktail. I'd rather this. pay the cost to be the boss. Yeah, right. be uh, going and we're going to come back with this Hollywood right. wrap up so we can get on up out I'm here. I am Tanner from the original Pajama Party. If you haven't heard Pajama Party Show, you've missed out. We've got hot topics, hidden and quitted headlines, what's popping with Papa Didi, our weird news. I'm just saying with red wine, living for the city with Papa Didi, my Hollywood wrap up, of course, the cocktail of the week, and uh, the world famous cookie list. And of course, we can't forget the last word. We serve it up each week on the Pajama Party Show, and nobody does it like us. You can call us each week live on Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. 914-803-4306 or listen live at www.avajamaparty.com You can also follow us on Twitter at avajamaparty Welcome back to Pajama Party. I'm one of your Papa Didi. I'm the old-fashioned guy that believes in keeping things where they are. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. Once changed in red wine. Once changed. darling. Still hand me notes. Oh, God. What <laughs> like. Oh, goodness. All right, Kettle. Okay. He's a notable. We're going to talk about later. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to run it down quickly. I'm not going to be here all night. Um, the motion pictures of the year, which... Quote unquote, I don't agree with all of them because a lot of them I don't know. Jojo Rabbit, never heard of it. Um, Nineteen Seventeen. It's supposed to be um, about two young British soldiers during the First World War. A lot of period pieces I don't care for, but war movies I don't either care for. But it's supposed to be the picture of the year, you know, in the top ten, I guess. It's about two young British soldiers during the First World War are giving an impossible mission to deliver a message in uh, deep enemy territory. So they got to stop, what, 1,600 men mm. and one of the soldier's brothers from walking across, uh, walking straight into a deadly trap. Okay. Sounds interesting, but it's probably going to be too bloody for me. Um, I've heard a lot of um, talk about this movie called The Farewell. It's a Chinese family discovers their grandmother has only a short while left to live and decide to keep her in the dark, scheduling a wedding together before she dies. Wow. Interesting. That sounds depressing, but I, I think it might have some substance. Um, this another one, a big one, uh, they talk about, um, was it Martin Sorsorsis, was his name? Scorsese. No? Is it? Is that how you pronounce it? Scorsese? Sors- that's no, it. Something like that. What, what red wine is it? The Irishman um, in a nursing home in his wheelchair, Frank Sharon, an elderly World War II, here we go again, veteran recounts his time as um, a mafia hitman. So that's what the Irishman is about. They got the big wigs. Um, they talked about the three main characters, which is um, Joe Pesci, 
Mm-hmm. Um, always use De Niro. De Niro and um, the other guy. I used to get them two mixed up. Yeah. Um, Pacino. Yeah, Al Pacino. Okay. They've been in a lot of films that um, that he has produced. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know, it's it's in the film, it's in the movie, and it's on Netflix. <clears throat> also, Jojo Rabbit. Never heard of it. Um, the the Joker was a, a big film, brought in a lot of money. Um, and the synopsis on that is in Gotham City. Here we go in Gotham City again. Mentally troubled comedian Arthur Fleck is um, disregarded and mistreated by society. He then embarks on a downward spiral of a, a revolution and a bloody crime. This path brings him face to face with his alter ego, the Joker. Interesting. So, sounds an interesting storyline, but I can't get into the Joker. Um, Little Women. Um, it was a book called Little Women, and it was a movie back in, I don't know, way back in time. Four sisters come of age in America in the aftermath of the Civil War. And a lot of Civil War movies, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I might have to check this out. Uh, this is a Quentin Tarantino film with Brad Pitt and Leo DiCaprio. Um, one was an actor and the other one was a, a stuntman. Um, a faded television actor and his stunt double strive to achieve fame and success in the film industry during the final years of Hollywood's golden age, which was um, in L.A. in 69. So. Hmm. I had no idea what that movie was about. I didn't either. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, I couldn't um, tell from the movie. <clears throat> they've been talking about this one, too. Richard Jewell. This was the guy that... Um, I think it was a security guard. American security guard, Richard Jewell, um, saves thousands of lives from um, an exploding bomb in the 96 Olympics in um, Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They thought he was the actual person that did it, but he saved a lot of lives. So his story has never been told. And um, what does the guy to do to... <clears throat> God, I can't forget the... Um, it's not the guy that does the Sundance films. He's not the producer. It's the other guy. Can't think his name. I, it'll come back to me. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He produces film. Yeah. So, you might check it out. It'll come on Netflix. Um, um, television programs of the year. Um, the Crown. I've heard of The Crown. The Life and the Rain. Just talking about Queen Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Queen Elizabeth II and the events that helped shape the 20th century. Uh, that was a TV series. Um, Fosse. That was by Bob Fosse. Um, oh, the choreographer. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, Game of Thrones. Everybody. Oh, thank you. Uh, that's what I say. And I didn't realize what it was about. That. It was about noble families in the uh, Seven Kingdoms of the Westeros via for control of the Iron Throne. Okay. It sounds like Queen Elizabeth and and, and uh, her family. That's what it sounds. Tell like. you about all the murder, rape, and incest, and all that crazy stuff saying? that was in there. Hmm. Um, Pose, that was one of my favorites The legends, icons And um, frivolous house mothers Of the New York's underground Ball culture Our boy Billy Porter's in that one mm-hmm. um, And he works it too um, Veep I don't understand what the hype was About Veep Julia's, uh, Julia Lewis-Dreyfus I never watched it Yeah, She was a former senator And finds that she becomes Vice president And 
not what won a lot of awards. Like every year, they were bringing home yeah. armfuls. But then one year, they they didn't win an award. And I think it was the last year mm-hmm. they were going off. Um, the Watchmen. Now, I have to check The Watchmen out because our girl Regina King, she's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, a sit, it's, it's set in an alternative history where mass um, vigilantes are treated as outlaws. Watchmen embraces the nostalgic of the original groundbreaking graphic novel, the same name. So, like I said, I have to check that out. So, um, also, when they see us, five teens from Holland become trapped in a nightmare when they are falsely accused of brutal uh, attacking Central Park. We're talking about that. It's based off a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the one with Ava DuVernay. She, yes, she okay. produced that. She produced that. Okay. And this one. Fleabag. If you don't see nothing else, you have to see Fleabag. It's a comedy series adapted from the award-winning play about a young woman trying to cope with the life in London, um, coming to terms with a uh, recent tragedy. This woman here, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, she's an English actress, she's a producer, she a writer. She created it and wrote this. I'm telling you, she's hilarious. And it's called Fleabag. Yeah, that won a lot of awards, too. I'm telling you, yeah. If you don't see anything else, check out Fleabag. Check out Fleabag. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for that, Kelly. Mm-hmm. No running out of time. The last show of 2019. Um, we did want to acknowledge people who had passed away this year. It's such a long list. that We can't get them all. But I was just, I was just gonna call out a few of them. You want to go ahead and get started, Papa Didi? I'm gonna have a couple over here. I got um, Maya Lisa Naylor, British child star known for uh, her role on BBC Network. Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, what do you got? Alicia Willis, songwriter, best known for writing uh, Earth, Wind, and Fires. Uh, James Brown, Pay the Bill. Yeah, she wrote the uh, Boogie Wonderland in September. Oh wow! Uh, Danny Iola. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, wow. Let's see, John Witherspoon, Elijah Cummings. Oh yeah. Diane Carroll. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Diane Carroll this year. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Witherspoon, bam, bam, bam. John Paul, uh, John Paul Stevens, Supreme Court Justice. Um, Patrick Day. That's all over there. Uh, oh, okay. Um, Parnell Whitaker. Yeah, boxer out of Norfolk, boxer. Virginia. Oh, okay. He was young, young wasn't he? Yeah. Fifty-five. I knew his family uh, very well. Hmm. Fact. Uh, Martin Sharnan, Tony Award winner, creator of the hit musical Annie. Eighty-four. Hmm. Rip Torn, the legendary actor known for his role in Men in Black and Hercules. Yep. Him. He was 88. Tyler Skaggs, 27-year-old pitcher in L.A. Angels. Um, DJ Official, the Grammy Award winner, producer of uh, Leslie Andre, was killed in the shooting in L.A. He was only 26. Gloria Vanderbilt, yep, the era socialite, fashion icon. She was 95. She lived a pretty good life. Um, Tim Conway. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, legendary actor for sure. He was 85. Doris Day, 97. Yeah. Um, Peggy Lipton, Hot Squad, um, 
Mm-hmm. She's also married to um, Quincy's ex-wife. Yeah, Quincy's ex-wife. She was 72. Um, John Singleton, first African-American man nominated for Best Directing. Um, he was only 51. Um, John Havlick.
I mean, 2020. You know, we deliberately did not talk about the impeachment tonight. We just wanted to take a break. So we'll pick it up next year. <laughs> oh my God. And see what's going on. 45 and all of those shenanigans. But let's just try to make 2020 a better year, you know? Starting a new decade. Let's just do something new. Let's leave all the old stuff in 2019 and look forward, not back. Over to you, Kim. Hmm. I don't know what to say. I guess just be kind to one another. As uh, uh, a girl Ellen says, just um, be kind to one another. Black, white, purple, orange, green, we all people first. Orange, too? Yeah, orange ones, too. <laughs> Even, look, we might be more friendly to Martians than our own kind. Didn't that say it? Yeah. <laughs> But just be kind to one another. Um, and I still think that we're here 85% for someone else and 50% for ourselves. So take that into consideration. And uh, as they always say, put God first and then others next. Um, that's it. All right. Well, we're going to get on out of here. Yep. Start making preparations for New Year's Eve celebrations. And we will see you all on the other side. Next year. Next year, 2020. Mm-hmm. For sure. Be careful out there celebrating this year, people. Mm-hmm. Don't go overboard. It's only one night. you got to live the rest of the year, so take it easy. All right. All right. Let's say good night. Say good night, Papa. Good night, everybody. Say good night, Kim. Good night. Be safe out there. Bonsoir. Till 2020. We'll see you then. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, Arabatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Jabiko, Sana. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show. And good night.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.